0: Chapter Fifteen of Marriage, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Marriage, Volume One by Susan Edmonstone Ferrier. Chapter Fifteen. They steaked doors, they steaked vets, close to the cheek and chin. They steaked them all but a little wicket, and lammikin crap in. Now where's the lady of this castle? Old Ballad The party were received with the loudest acclamations of joy by the good old ladies, and even the laird seemed to have forgotten that his son had refused to breed black cattle and that his daughter-in-law was above the management of her household. The usual salutations were scarcely over when Miss Grizzy, flying to her little writing-box, pulled out a letter and... WITH AN AIR OF IMPORTANCE, HAVING enjoined SILENCE, SHE READ AS FOLLOWS. LOCKMARLEY CASTLE MARCH 27TH, 17 DEAR CHILD Sir Sampson's stomach has been as bad as it could well be, but not so bad as your roads. He was shook to a jelly. My petticoat will never do. Mrs. Mahal has had a girl. I wonder what makes people have girls they never come to good boys may go to the mischief and be good for something if girls go they're good for nothing i know of i never saw such roads i suppose glenfern means to bury you all in the highway there are holes enough to make you graves and stones big enough for coffins you must all come and spend tuesday here not all but some of you you dear child and your brother and a sister and your pretty niece and handsome nephew i love handsome people miss mccracken has bounced away with her father's footman i hope he will clean his knives on her come early and come dressed to your loving friend isabella mclaughlin the letter ended a volley of applause ensued which at length gave place to consultation of course we all go at least as many as the carriage will hold we have no engagements and there can be no objections lady juliana had already frowned a contemptuous refusal but in due time it was changed to a sullen assent at the pressing entreaties of her husband to whom any place was now preferable to home in truth the mention of a party had more weight with her than either her husband's wishes or her aunt's remonstrances and they had assured her that she should meet with a large assemblage of the very first company at lockmarley castle the day appointed for the important visit arrived and it was arranged that two of the elder ladies and one of the young ones should accompany lady juliana in her barouche which henry was to drive at peep of dawn the ladies were astir and at eight o'clock breakfast was hurried over that they might begin the preparations necessary for appearing with dignity at the shrine of this their patron saint. At eleven they reappeared in all the majesty of sweeping silk trains and well-powdered toupees. In outward show Miss Becky was not less elaborate. The united strength and skill of her three aunts and four sisters had evidently been exerted in forcing her hair into every position but that for which nature had intended it, curls stood on end around her forehead and tresses were dragged up from the roots and formed into a club on the crown her arms had been strapped back till her elbows met by means of a pink ribbon of no ordinary strength or doubtful hue three hours were passed in all the anguish of full-dressed impatience an anguish in which every female breast must be ready to sympathize but lady juliana sympathized in no one's distresses but her own and the difference of waiting in high dress or in dishevel was a distinction to her inconceivable. But those to whom to be dressed is an event will readily enter into the feelings of the ladies in question as they sat, walked, wondered, exclaimed, opened windows, wrung their hands, adjusted their dresses, etc., etc. during the three tedious hours they were doomed to wait the appearance of their niece. Two o'clock came and with it Lady Juliana, as if purposely to testify her contempt, in a loose morning dress and mob-cap. The sisters looked blank with disappointment, for having made themselves mistresses of the contents of her ladyship's wardrobe, they had settled amongst themselves that the most suitable dress for the occasion would be black velvet, and accordingly many hints had been given the preceding evening on the virtues of black velvet gowns. They were warm, and not too warm they were dressy and not too dressy lady maclaughlan was a great admirer of black velvet gowns she had one herself with long sleeves and that buttoned behind black velvet gowns were very much wore they knew several ladies who had them and they were certain there would be nothing else wore amongst the matrons at lady maclaughlan's etc etc time was however too precious to be given either to remonstrance or lamentation Miss Jackie could only give an angry look, and Miss Grizzy a sorrowful one, as they hurried away to the carriage, uttering exclamations of despair at the lateness of the hour, and the impossibility that anybody could have time to dress after getting to Lockmerly Castle. The consequence of the delay was that it was dark by the time they reached the place of destination. The carriage drove up to the grand entrance, but neither lights nor servants greeted their arrival and no answer was returned to the ringing of the bell. We had best get out and try the back. "'This is most alarming, I declare,' cried Miss Grizzy. "'It is quite incomprehensible,' observed Miss Jackie. "'We had best get out and try the back door.' The party alighted, and another attack being made upon the rear, it met with better success, for a little boy now presented himself at a narrow opening of the door, and in a strong Highland accent demanded— what to were seeking, Lady MacLaughlan? To be sure, Colin was the reply. Well, well, still refusing admittance, but the lady's not to be spoken with tonight. Not to be spoken with! Exclaimed Miss Grizzy, almost sinking to the ground with apprehension. Good gracious! I, I hope I, I declare I, Sir Sampson. Oh, I, her may see Lochmarley herself. Then opening the door he led the way and ushered them into the presence of sir sampson who was reclining in an easy chair arrayed in a robe de chamber and nightcap the opening of the door seemed to have broken his slumber for gazing around with a look of stupefaction he demanded in a sleepy peevish tone who was there bless me sir sampson exclaimed both spinsters at once starting forward and seizing a hand bless me don't you know us and here is our niece lady juliana my lady juliana douglas cried he with a shriek of horror sinking again upon his cushions i am betrayed i where is my lady maclaughlan where is philistine where is-the devil this is not to be born my lady juliana douglas the earl of courtland's daughter to be introduced to lockmarly castle in so vile a manner AND MYSELF SURPRISED IN SO INDECOROUS A SITUATION? AND HIS LIPS QUIVERING WITH PASSION, HE RANG THE BELL. THE SUMMONS WAS ANSWERED BY THE SAME ATTENDANT THAT HAD ACTED AS GENTLEMAN USHER. WHERE ARE ALL MY PEOPLE? DEMANDED HIS INCENSED MASTER. HER'S ALL THE WAY TO THE SANDY moors. WHERE'S MY LADY? HER'S AT THE TEACH-TOP. WHERE'S MURDOCK? HER'S HELPING to LADY AT THE TEACH-TOP. Oh, well, we'll all go upstairs and see what Lady Maclaughlan and Philistine are about in the laboratory, said Miss Grizzy. So, pray, just go on with your nap, Sir Sampson. We shall find the way. Don't stir. And taking Lady Juliana by the hand, away tripped the spinsters in search of their friend. I cannot conceive the meaning of all this, whispered Miss Grizzy to her sister as they went along. Something must be wrong. But I said nothing to dear Sir Sampson. "'His nerves are so easily agitated. "'But what can be the meaning of all this? "'I declare it's quite a mystery. "'After ascending several long dark stairs "'and following diverse windings and turnings, "'the party at length reached the door "'of the sanctum sanctorium, "'and having gently tapped, "'the voice of the priestess was heard "'in no very encouraging accents, "'demanding, "'Who was there?' "'It's only us,' replied her trembling friend.' ONLY US? I WONDER WHAT FOOL IS CALLED ONLY US. OPEN THE DOOR, PHILISTINE, AND SEE WHAT ONLY US WANTS. The door was opened, and the party entered. The day was closing in, but by the faint twilight that mingled with the gleams from a smoky smoldering fire, Lady MacLachlan was dimly discernible as she stood upon the hearth, watching the contents of an enormous kettle that emitted both steam and odour. She regarded the invaders with her usual marble aspect, and without moving either joint or muscle as they drew near. "'I declare, I don't think you know us, Lady MacLaughlan said Miss Grizzy, in a tone of affected vivacity, with which she strove to conceal her agitation. "'Know you?' repeated her friend. "'Humph! Who you are I know very well. But what brings you here I do not know. Do you know yourselves?' "'I declare I can't conceive,' began Miss Grizzy, But her trepidation arrested her speech, and her sister therefore proceeded. "'Your ladyship's declaration is no less astonishing than incomprehensible. We have waited upon you by your own express invitation on the day appointed by yourself, and we have been received in a manner, I must say, we did not expect, considering this is the first visit of our niece, Lady Juliana Douglas. "'I'll tell you what, girls,' "'replied their friend, as she still stood with her back to the fire and her hands behind her. "'I'll tell you what. You are not yourselves. You are all lost. Quite mad, that's all. "'Humph! If that's the case, we cannot be fit company for your ladyship,' retorted Miss Jackie warmly. "'And therefore the best thing we can do is to return the way we came. "'Come, Lady Juliana. Come, sister.' "'I declare, Jackie.' the impetuosity of your temper is—I really cannot stand it. And the gentle grizzy gave way to a flood of tears. You used to be rational, intelligent creatures, resumed her ladyship. But what has come over you I don't know. You come tumbling in here at the middle of the night, and at the top of the house nobody knows how, when I never was thinking of you. And because I don't tell a parcel of lies, and pretend I expect you— "'You are for flying off again. "'Hum! "'Is this the behavior of women in their senses? "'But since you are here, "'you may as well sit down and say what brought you. "'Get down, Gilblass. "'Go along, Tom Jones,' "'addressing two huge cats "'who occupied a three-cornered leather chair by the fireside, "'and who relinquished it with much reluctance. "'How do you do, pretty creature?' "'kissing Lady Juliana "'as she seated her in this cat's cradle.' "'Now, girls, sit down and tell what brought you here to-day.' Hm. Can your ladyship ask such a question after having formally invited us?' demanded the wrathful Jackie. "'I'll tell you what, girls. You were just as much invited by me to dine here to-day as you were appointed to sup with the Grand Signor. Humph! What day of the week does your ladyship call this?' "'I call it Tuesday, but I suppose the Glenfern calendar calls it Thursday.' "'Thursday was the day I invited you to come.' "'I'm sure I'm thankful we are got to the bottom of it at last,' cried Miss Grizzy. "'I read it, because I'm sure you wrote it. "'Tuesday. "'How could you be such a fool, my love, as to read it any such thing? "'Even if it had been written Tuesday, "'you might have had the sense to know it meant Thursday. "'When did you know me invite anybody for a Tuesday?' "'I declare it's very true.' I certainly ought to have known better. I am quite confounded at my own stupidity, for, as you observe, even though you had said Tuesday, I might have known that you must have meant Thursday. Well, well, no more about it. Since you are here, you must stay here, and you must have something to eat, I suppose. Sir Sampson and I have dined two hours ago, but you shall have your dinner for all that.' I must shut shop for this day, it seems, and leave my resuscitating tincture all in the death row. Methuselah pills quite in their infancy. But there's no help for it. Since you are here, you must stay here, and you must be fed and lodged. So get along, girls, get along. Here, Gilblass, come, Tom Jones. And preceded by her cats and followed by her guests, she led the way to the parlor. End of chapter 15 Recording by Patty Cunningham